Hey, new school barbecue boys and girls. This is Evan Leroy of Leroy and Lewis in Austin, Texas, and this is the new school barbecue podcast, the show where we talk about barbecue, and I get to interview some really cool people involved in barbecue or barbecue adjacent disciplines. Today, I'm talking with Alexei Borov from St. Petersburg, Russia. He and his partners have a few restaurants and bars there, and they have some really cool concepts. They opened a few years ago with a place called Beer Card. Uh, this was the first craft beer bar in St. Petersburg. They used to just have, obviously, beer from all over Europe and really kind of old classic styles, but they started bringing in a lot of like, California IPAs and a lot of like craft beer from America. And they were just like students and like uh, playing soccer together on the same team when they opened it. Uh, the idea with Beer Card is that you paid your monthly subscription, you got your beer card, and you could come in and uh, show your card and you get a beer. So it was an inexpensive way for them to drink good beer and just kind of meet there. And that kind of launched this entire business for them. Uh, after that, they opened a Belgian beer restaurant where every single beer that they had had its own corresponding branded and shaped glass. This place was amazing. They have hundreds of beers there. And each beer has its own specific glass. It's incredible. Truly incredible. And the food, obviously, was amazing. Uh, they also have a Neapolitan pizza place. They have a couple other restaurants. And finally, they recently opened up a place called Smoke Barbecue. The second Smoke Barbecue opened in Moscow. I think just right before uh, everything COVID happened. Um, years ago, Alexei came over to Texas to learn about barbecue in 2015 and staged with me at Friedman's for about a week. And uh, he, you know, just caught the bug. Um... That summer, we also had a group from Moscow that staged with us, and Alexei hired the other guy named Alexei, <laughs> surprise, surprise, and they uh, started their own festival, they wrote a book about barbecue, they now, like I said, have their second location, so, you know, just coming to learn a little bit about barbecue really uh, kind of grew, grew their business in a way that they didn't expect. Actually, I got the chance to go over there to teach some of their crew uh, about smoking and everything, and to participate in a food festival called Oda Ada in 2016, and I just had an amazing time. The people there were really, really welcoming, and uh, just had a lot of questions about America and everything, and uh, the food was amazing, and the people loved the barbecue. So... Alexi and I spoke about COVID, how he's handling it there. Uh, he asked me a little bit about the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protests here. Uh, and I tried to do the best I could to explain to him what was going on. Um, he's a really, really good example of an ambassador for barbecue. He says in the interview that barbecue is like half of his business now. And the festival with two restaurants and the book and everything. We knew that Texas barbecue was taking over the country, but it's all the way on the other side of the world now. Uh, being made by people who care about it, who want to share that experience with the people, you know, where they're from. Uh, as I am... As I'm recording this, the governor has shut down bars and has reduced restaurant capacities to 50%. I was just listening back to the recording with Alexi here, and at one point, you know, I talk about the seven-day moving average and how if we keep it under 20 it's good and if we were at seven or eight then it's not that bad we're well above 20 now probably getting closer to 30 we're, we're probably over 30 right now thousands and thousands of new cases every day 
just wear a mask when you go out people don't go where there are a lot of other people wear a mask just have some respect for other people okay questions barbecue questions Beauty and the Beef first BBQ memory I don't know if there's a specific first BBQ memory the one that I have is just like an overall memory of just after every sports season as a kid or after every year we would go to the Salt Lick and have you know a big feast of all-you-can-eat barbecue basically the Salt Lick and just kinda of going out there and covering your entire plate with that sauce um, just that that kind of space and that gathering place and the smells and the vibe the Salt Lick was my first memory B Tang Bang. Has anyone ever tried wrapping first and unwrapping right after the stall to develop bark? No, I don't think so. I I don't know if that would be very good. Chud's BBQ, what's harder to edit? Podcast or Patreon videos? Definitely the podcast. It's harder to edit because it's just me. The cuts are harder to make. Uh, I also have to try to write a song every time, and I thank you guys for sticking with me and listening to these uh, horrible little songs. Scotty Barv, when's Scotty Barv going to be on the show? <laughs> uh, coming up soon. I'm trying to not just have only white men on the show, Scotty. Mark Adams, 716195. Do you use, use coffee and cracked black pepper in your beef ribs and beef brisket? I have before used coffee in a rub. It lends a great texture to a rub. It's really good. Definitely black pepper every time. Another one from Chud's BBQ and Travel is legal again. What part of the world would you travel to for BBQ? Definitely want to go to South America, Argentina, Brazil. Uh, just see all the kind of churrasca things going on down there. And travel is legal, partially. Monica Leroy TX, shout out mom. Favorite dessert? You know, I mean, eclair cake is so good. It's just uh, basically like vanilla pudding and chocolate layered up with some graham crackers and Cool Whip. It's fantastic. I also love a tiramisu. I haven't had one of those in a little bit. And you know what? You can't. You just cannot go wrong with banana pudding. Can't go wrong with banana pudding as your dessert. Okay, last questions from Royal Barbecue. Preferred slicing knife? I would say the Dexter Russell 12-inch serrated. They're pretty cheap, so when it dulls, just get a new one. Top three bands? Uh, like, like bands, bands? Always been a Bruce Springsteen guy. And uh, he's good enough to be one, two, and three for me. Reminder to wear a mask, people. Let's get started with the interview here with Alexi. Uh, it's been, you know, difficult days since we, we launched uh, the new restaurant in December in Moscow, the big one. Yeah. We worked for only two and a half months. It was very successful, but then it stopped. And it seems to be stopped until middle of June in St. Petersburg, which is the 
The main business will be, uh, I would say, on hold until 1st of July. Mm-hmm. So kind of difficult things. But we are trying to adopt ourselves and uh, make like websites, online uh, purchase, uh, delivery. So we try to figure out how to work in new reality because definitely, even after opening, I don't expect that everything goes the same way like before. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's basically what we all have been doing here, and what everybody who I've been talking to has been saying is, you know, we have to change the way we do business. We're obviously looking at a huge drop in revenue. Um, you know, to hear that you, you know, are basically having the same problems on the other side of the world is kind of comforting because we can now, you know share what we're doing and then you know uh so i mean i know about you and obviously your partners and your uh background and your business but uh why don't you just for the sake of the pod describe you know how you came upon barbecue and what your you know restaurants and everything before this and just a short background and then uh kind of yeah cool uh so we started like 12 years ago in St. Petersburg as a student and we launched the first uh, craft beer shop in Russia. It was like 2008, it was very new to the world and uh, it was German and Czech and Belgian beers. Uh, spread it all over the city, but there was no craft beer. And we started the first shop and then we work as uh, as bartenders owners and servers whatever in this shop for five years before we launched the first belgian beer place and it was like the first restaurant 2012. Uh, then we started to to go further we opened some new concepts and we tried not to do like a chain business so we we got one belgian place one pizzeria one uh, uh, beer hall one beer shop so each concept one thing and uh, then 2014 uh, or 15 i think uh, i traveled to to your place to friedman's uh, for that time it was your place and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you really gave me a ticket to the barbecue world because uh, uh, beside all the practice, beside all the uh, skills I got there, I also got the kind of improvement. Mm-hmm. You're not able to bring uh, Texas barbecue to any country outside the U.S. if you are not, you know, approved by, by the big masters. So yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. You helped me a lot, and uh, uh, there is kind of community who, who is for people who are fond of barbecue. So they follow on Instagram all the famous guys, and so definitely all of them knew who who you were. Mm-hmm. So when I, I got this approval, it was also a sign for all the people that yeah, uh, we know what we are doing. <laughs> Since that time, 2016, we opened the smoke barbecue in St. Petersburg. I would say barbecue became the most important and exciting part of our business. Wow. So that, 
Alex, who also visited you just a few months before right. my visit, he joined our team, and we, well, by the beginning of this year, we opened small barbecue in Moscow. We uh, held two big uh, smoke and fire festivals, and we created the uh, the book of barbecue recipes. So I would say after traveling to Texas and uh, getting practice uh, with you, we we got two big parts of the business. One is like restaurants and pizzeria and bars, uh, six places at all, and two small barbecue restaurants, yeah, uh, which are brick and mortar and uh, some projects around them like book, festival, some events, uh, dinners, whatever. And uh, by March 2020, we were like very well-known guys in barbecue and we were doing some things. We were thinking about future. We, we also bought a food truck, everything. Yeah. So we started as a students, we opened the craft beer shop and then we step by step launched the restaurant chain, but every concept was unique. Mm -hmm. By 2020, we had uh, eight restaurants, one big festival, a team of like 350 people. Wow. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. But now it's less than 350. We, we had to lay off some people like 150. We, we did some delivery in April, but actually these people who get the money, they didn't work. Yeah. So we just provide them uh, like a fund. We, we, I think it's a very popular thing in the US also selling gift, uh, gift cards for visiting a restaurant. Yeah. We also, we, we sold for like 20,000 in the US. Yeah. And we provide all this money to people who really need it for medicine things, for family things, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now we have like 130 people working. It's 99% delivery and takeaway. But we, for now, I think we are pivoting to the chains. So we have a pizzeria concept and we have barbecue concept. Yeah. I think it would be spread. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we are not able to survive. We are not able to keep this kind of boutique style uh, company. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the margin is, is less and we have to uh, keep going. It became like last month, it became really expensive because because of the reason you just mentioned same same with us yeah, it seems like uh, it's fully correct what you what you talked about is uh, all the world need the same difficulties yeah uh, but you work with the food truck and it makes it easier for you yeah you don't have like, yeah we I feel like we got really lucky because we had a, a concept that we could be able to pivot, right? We didn't have a bunch of employees. We didn't have a brick and mortar where we had to pay 
I mean, we still had to pay our rent and our landlords and all that stuff, but we got the the government loan that uh, protected the uh, and the uh, labor, um, and it protected our rent, um, so we could pay those, you know, kind of hard expenses with that loan, and we could use the little bit of revenue we were getting to pay our vendors and kind of keep that mm. going. Um, and then we also, you know, we're able to throw a couple not like events but like a couple like big pickup things happen like we did a bunch of lambs for easter and we did uh you know we had our anniversary like our third year anniversary party where we just did it was three years so we did three meats and three sides and we just made one plate and people just came and picked it up so we kind of like floated you know each week with you know one kind of thing where we would bring people out um and then Cosmic, the coffee shop that we are parked in, it reopened. Uh, and so we're back in there. And a lot of people are just going out now. I mean, it's outside, so they feel comfortable. But, you know, it's still scary for us. We still have to wear, you know, masks and stuff when we're working, obviously. Actually, do you have people who, I mean, people you know very well or your colleagues who, uh, who were touched by covid I personally don't, uh, I mean, the closest person that I know is that one of our bread purveyors, uh, like his father got it, but they, you know, he's from the New York area, um, and it was much more intense there, and that's, I think, where it happened. Um, I haven't known anybody in the Austin area, no. I know there's a, a couple famous chefs and a couple famous people, obviously, but... You know, uh, we have like uh, for now twelve people in our company. Whoa! Uh, but uh, for now, uh, thanks God, it's it's very light. Like just thirty-seven Celsius the temperature. The body. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like. Uh, uh, it seems that the virus works a bit different in different parts of the world. Uh-huh. Maybe the... I don't know. We have very low... Uh, for now, very low death rate. Yeah. Very low in the world. It seems like it's true. We talked to some, uh, you know, the medicine people, the doctors. Uh-huh. Uh, but it takes like three to five weeks to recover. Yeah. More or less okay, but you have to, to wait. Yeah. A lot of time. yeah we had uh, a peak in Moscow, and now it seems to, to go down. But in St. Petersburg, it seems that we are now on, on the top of the peak. Yeah. And it, it makes, you know, not also scary for people, I would say that people are no longer uh, afraid so much as it was like two months ago, just yeah. because they're really tired of all these uh, restrictions. Mm -hmm. But it's scary that uh, every single moment you 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 will have a chance to to stop for two, three, or four weeks. I don't know. Yeah, we. The, the you, maybe you remember the big beer hall we have mm -hmm. in the city of the Poppers uh, yeah. hall, the 
kitchen with uh, burgers and sausages, uh, we had to stop it because we had uh, seven people. Oh yeah. We just closed them, and now we still close. So we're waiting. It's, it's all, all of them are fine, fine. It's okay, but we have to. Uh, I don't know how it works in the US, but we have an ability to to get free uh, tests and free medicine. Oh wow! And uh, we, we didn't want to to wait, so we wanted to have results day by uh, the same day, so we have to pay. Yeah. Wow, yeah, we definitely, I mean, as far as I know, we don't have a lot of tests. I mean, from everything I hear, you go, you can only get a test if, like, you show, I, I don't know, if I just think that I have it and I'm not showing symptoms, I can't go get a test. And you still have to pay for it. Okay. It depends on the city. In Moscow, they... They just launched the campaign that they're gonna check fifty percent of all the population. Yeah. For free. Make sure that they can open the business. Yeah. Uh, they pay. They spend a lot of money from the city town hall, but it seems like a working decision because if you uh, make sure that everyone is healthy, so free to go. Yeah. Yeah. But now in Texas, you are able to serve some food outside, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we serve. I mean, we're all wearing masks, but we serve food. We have a table in front of our food truck so people don't come up as close as they could before. This basically separates, you know, their arm length to arm length. That's about six feet. Um, and it keeps people from, like, you know, breathing on the food and just, like, getting their face in the window. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have a, we have signs there that say, please wear a mask when you order. But the Cosmic uh, place, the coffee shop, does not require people to wear a mask outside because it's just outside. They require them to wear a mask inside when they go in and order drinks but you can't stay inside like you have to order and leave but can you like just get a plate and eat outside uh, yeah the tables oh. mm-hmm. and how people react i mean the the customers consumers yes some people are just they don't care and they're just out there they don't even look like they have a mask and they're just out there hanging out in groups the tables are spaced like six feet apart. Okay. And some people um, are, you know, fully masked up and just get their food to go and are very cautious and careful. And there's and those are basically the two ends of the spectrum, right? There's kind of okay. everything in the middle. You know, there might also be some who, you know, just want to, like, have a curbside so we can, like, hand their food over the fence you know, and it's like they don't even have to come in and they prepaid or something. And some don't care. Yeah. I think that uh, it's quite difficult to to, to keep this uh, all these uh, measures during a long time. Yeah. Because 
it's definitely very hard to work uh, with a mask in the kitchen. Yeah. We must do it according to the new rules, but I, I try to, to, to do it and it's quite crazy, especially if you work with a firewood oven or a smoker. Yeah. It's, it's really tough. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're, we're required to wear one only when there's other people around. So I don't wear one in the morning when I'm opening, and as soon as there's somebody else, as soon as we're both on the food truck, we're wearing masks. But we okay. can kind of like step outside, you know, and it's outside, and we can get some air. Sometimes, honestly, when it's in the smoker, it's kind of good, right? Because you don't have to breathe yeah. in all the smoke, and you you can kind of. It works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> uh, but. Uh... Could you also give a few words about all the things uh, uh, happening uh, around the, the the guy who was killed by the, by the police? Was, yeah, uh, we have very few news. We we got no coverage uh, on the media. Yeah, I got some posts on the internet, on the Facebook from my friends living in the US. Yeah. Um. So George Floyd was. Uh, I think somebody thought that he had a counterfeit $20 bill and then the police were called and I don't know I didn't watch the video because uh, it's just like sounded really really intense and there's been a lot of police killing black people videos and you know what happens in them you know, just know what happens in the end but there was a long time when one of the officers just uh, was kneeling, basically, on his uh, neck and his back. And uh, he suffocated him. And he said uh, he couldn't breathe and please get off of me. And he was, like, calling for his mother. Uh, and he knew that he was dying. And he died. And then uh, there was video of it all over the internet. And like certain ones before like Michael Brown and Ferguson and Tamir Rice and a few other uh, notable black people that have, you know, just been killed by police in the street for doing nothing just because some people thought that they were either suspicious or some, you know, deep harbored, uh, you know, systemic racist beliefs. Um, mm -hmm. So... People got out into the streets and started, uh, you know, protesting and the police were called out. And then there's, conf you know, there's conflict between police and protesters. There's some really good stories of, you know, them both just like kneeling and like hugging in solidarity. But then there's also videos on the Internet of, you know, police firing like tear gas canisters at people's faces and... There was one, there was actually a, a, a barbecue cook from Louisville who was uh, feeding protesters and he got shot and he died uh, by, from the police. Uh, so it's, it's pretty bad out here in over, you know, dozens of American cities. That's what's happening. There were some protests here in Austin. I kind of drove by them because I was going to like go somewhere else, but it's pretty intense out here right now. It's pretty sad. It's pretty awful. Um, it doesn't make me... I mean, on one hand, it makes me extremely proud that people are going out and standing up against oppression. 
but in one hand it makes me extremely embarrassed to you know be a part of this society that's so you know some people are afraid to you know all right this is a good way of putting it some people are out in the streets fighting for you know just their right to live and not be you know assaulted and killed in the street by police and then some people are just fighting for like the right to go to like brunch right there's a bunch of photos of people in new york and just at brunch uh, and then behind them are people like marching in the streets. Uh, so it's kind of, it's definitely a story of two Americas. Um, it's pretty divided over here right now. Uh, but I, I watched the video today from the guy living in Santa Monica. Yeah. Just living there. All the streets I know, like the third street in Santa Monica for the homeless pedestrian zone is like all broken and it seems like protests switched to you know yeah well so on in addition to people who are out and peacefully protesting there are within those ranks like people who take advantage right there's a lot of looting there's a lot of just like riots and like you know starting shit on fire which you know that's obviously shitty behavior. That's obviously this, the worst thing you can do because you're taking advantage of this thing that's supposed to be good and then just turning it on its head and making it bad. I don't know. It sucks. Like, it's, it's not good behavior for anybody, right? Like, it would be good to go out there and exercise your voice and, you know, stand up against police violence, but I also don't want to get shot myself. So I'm not going to go out there I'm not, I'm going to avoid that situation, you know, but thinking about that, I have the choice to avoid that situation, you know? Yeah, that's right. But, but it's more or less safe in Austin now, right? Oh, yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's quite tough while you have all these virus uh, limits and restrictions and the economic uh, troubles and then this thing happens we I feel the same we also have some yeah in the, in the, but uh, we still can do the you know the, the the idea we had like three days ago that the barbecue yeah gives the, the, the like uh, a gypsy style you know you can get the truck move to a different place and keep going where you love to go oh yeah that's that's a very positive thing about the barbecue, about thing we do. Yeah. yeah we, we just, uh, we have like, uh, uh, in St. Petersburg and Moscow, people live in the city center, in some areas inside the city. And for the weekends, for, for summer, they usually go to their houses outside the city. Yeah. And now, like, uh, lots of people moved their houses outside the city yeah and we we have less people in the city center we have like heavy traffic outside mm -hmm. and we brought the food truck and the smoker there and we have like works yeah i mean because people who knew us from the central location they they moved and we moved with them and they like it so 
Nice. Uh, it, it means we respect them and uh, okay, they are not able to be in the center for now. That's that's why we are moving for them. Right. And that's us the idea to make maybe a few other sports. People are not able to come to us, so we have to come to people. Yeah. That's, that's the concept. Hmm. Oh, man. Um, this philosophy helps us to, you know, to, to explain ourselves why we should do something different. Yeah. yeah I mean, we yeah. all have, like, yeah, like we said before, we all have to do something different. We have to adapt. I think that's kind of... That's been our motto in the in the COVID crisis is just trying to trying to adapt to it because we don't know what's gonna we just don't know what's gonna happen. We have to be flexible. But do you feel that the, after like few months of uh, heavy restrictions, now the economy is starting to to leave again? Maybe? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. That comes at a certain risk. That's the only thing. We just, you know, and that, like we said before, it's got like a two-week lead time, right? So decisions we're making now, things we're, you know, doing now, we'll see what happens two weeks from now, a couple weeks from now, if people start getting sick, if cases keep going up. They're kind of leveled out in our area. Like, it's, like, high, but it's leveled, and we're... Ah, so you're, like, growing up? And then fix the... Yeah. You are not uh, going up. We're going up, like, I think, I mean, overall, the only way you can go is up, but we're kind of like, I think what they're saying is the seven-day average new cases, if it goes above 20, that's bad. But we've had seven or eight as the seven-day new case average. Okay. So that, that's that's very important. To, but as I see, I don't know how it works in the US, that uh, in Europe, uh, fine weather and warm weather arrived, mm -hmm. and uh, the virus slowed down. Yeah. There is no evidence, uh, I mean, no official uh, documents uh, as some something which is confirmed yeah but it's like it works this way so maybe maybe only the, maybe it works like the flu in terms of the temperature yeah maybe you have. i also think there's a lot of people still being pretty careful um yeah. you know i think it's like it's probably like half and half right half of people still pretty much staying at home or trying to you know, at least wear masks and be very, very cautious and careful when they go outside. And then the other half here is just like, doesn't care, doesn't give a fuck. I don't think actually that, that the uh, vaccine will help because it, it's not the type of virus which is killed by the uh, vaccine. But uh, today, Russian scientists announced that they. Uh, finished the tests uh, and started to, to provide some tablets which uh, uh, reduced the, the risk of the, some difficulties during COVID for 50%. So wow. it's very good. It's not the, you know, the magic, but the tablet 
which blocks some processes yeah. which may provide a risk. So if it works, maybe it will help. So when people get the clear way to to get rid of the virus, yeah, the, uh, so then I think fine. Yeah, more or less okay. I know I know I can be sick, but I know how I will recover. So yeah, make, and that's the point from which people can be honest. Thanks again to Alexi for joining me on the podcast. You can check out my Instagram for a little video of us doing a Philly cheesesteak cook at home. Mine's a lot more sloppy than his, uh, but you know what? I think a Philly cheesesteak sandwich is a sloppy proposition, so I'm going to go ahead and stand on that one. Thanks for listening to the New School Barbecue Podcast. Please subscribe, share with your friends, subscribe to our Patreon, buy our barbecue sauce and merchandise online, and of course, come visit us Wednesday through Sunday, 11 to 9, at 121 Pickle Road at Cosmic Coffee and Beer in South Austin, Texas. We take call-in orders for same-day pickup curbside and online pre-orders for the next day. You can find those online orders at www.leroyandlewisbbq.com. Please follow at Leroy and Lewis on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and follow me at Evan Leroy BBQ on Instagram and at Evan Leroy on Twitter. Keep smoking.